0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And I'm Kathy. Aren't and you lucky? You we, And we are. <laughs> we and are we are fortunate. lucky to have uh, Kathy Gray here with us today. Yay! Uh, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And this is your podcast for October 20th, 2019, uh, Year of Our Lord and Savior. Uh, and uh, uh, because uh, we have... Uh, Kathy you is a special guest, and because we have a lot of material to cover, I'm just going to jump uh, right ahead. Oh, yes?
1: Well, we should just say why Kathy's the special guest beyond her insights Because and she's
0: awesome. Do, she, uh, do we need we
1: say more? She is also offering the sermon that this covers. So as you get more intrigued by the conversation today, know that you can hear the culmination when you hear her, her preach either in person or on the podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll try t- not to use up all your points uh, for your that you're storing up for your sermon.
2: Okay, uh, not that many. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good, very good. Well, uh, in addition to that, uh, you are welcome on this podcast anytime, uh, for sure. And uh, so let's let's move on to the stump the priests uh, section of of, uh, of the podcast uh, today's Episcopal uh church dictionary website uh, definition that I want you to tell me what it means is glebe 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 can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> i can i can uh, and it'll help it'll help give it a little bit of a context uh there were there glebes uh be- belong mostly to the Church of England glebe. or or in or in relation to the Church of England glebe do you have any idea, Kathy?
2: I think it's an extinct bird. I know. <laughs> uh,
0: the way it's spelled, one would be inclined to believe it's pronounced Gleb, if that helps. G L E B E.
2: Well, that's Gleb, as an E at the end. Yeah, but Glebe. okay. You okay, got
0: me. I, uh, yeah, I am stumped. <laughs> but if the... it's
2: related to the Church of England, I'm going to say it's some sort of vestment and... made out of extinct birds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and I will go with, it has something to do with choral music.
0: Oh, you are both totally wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> the term is derived from a Latin word meaning meaning clod or soil. Glebes were farmlands set aside for the support of the clergy in American colonies where the Church of England was established. Oh. These glebes sometimes included homes, barns, and slaves. Glebes were usually 200... Or more acres. Wow. Right? Uh, it could be farmed to supplement the rector's salary, or it could be leased to others. After the American Revolution, most of the glebes were transferred to the newly organized Protestant Episcopal Church. The Baptists left uh, led an effort in Virginia to seize the glebe lands. And <laughs> I know, right? In January of 1802, the Virginia Assembly passed the Act Concerning the Glebe Lands and Churches Within This Commonwealth. Uh, it provided that each county would have a group called the Overseers of the Poor. That's the title. It okay. Quotes, uh, which would seize the Glebes uh, uh, purchased prior to 1777 upon the death or resignation of the parish, uh, parish's present rector. This act contributed to the decline of the Episcopal Church in Virginia after the Revolutionary War. I have no idea of all this. Because Glebes.
2: after that, the only thing the priest got paid was half-dead chickens. <laughs>
0: You had to work the birds back in here. I am confident birds are involved in this definition somewhere.
2: Oh, no, that's a grebe.
0: Yeah, there there you go, there you go.
2: But uh, but yeah,
0: so in in my mind, I kind of wonder if uh, uh, um, the the commonality of glebes early on maybe led to... uh, uh, eventually, down the line of, of like a, a portion of a lot of rector salary is you know housing and and yeah. and and uh, some sort of uh, income uh, relating to that. So I wonder if it like okay, well maybe we don't need two hundred acres, uh, uh, but but uh, let's supplement with something uh, um, right. that that helps. If you're, if
2: you're lucky, you get a little house with leaky windows. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you're more than welcome to uh, stay at the church at any point in time uh, to to cover your. Uh,
1: <laughs> I was going to say, we have a couple acres of lawn here. We'll just
0: yeah, yeah, start yeah. raising. A, micro, a microglebe. Yeah, a microglebe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I saw that word and thought, that looks fake, like a fake word. So I had to delve into it and, and uh, figured it might stump you. And, and it sure did. Since,
2: since they were outlawed, um, of course we don't know what they
0: are. <laughs> right, yeah, we didn't yeah, know that yeah. One, but there's a, there's a congressional act that like yeah. addresses and it's in the title, Glee, you know, the Congressional <laughs> Glee Act. <clears throat> it's uh, kind of insane, uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah. A, a a a term of yesteryear uh, apparently. But uh, out of out of uh, just for fun, and I think I had told you guys uh, this beforehand before we started. Uh, I, I will give you a little bit of a taste of the other word that I thought of doing as a G a dictionary word, and that would be gesture, because the Episcopal website has a full-blown definition of gesture, uh, uh, and I was going to kind of see... How you would define gesture, but just just for those curious, it
1: was, it was someone who amused the king with humor.
0: There you go. Ah, there you go. I like it. <laughs>
2: That's a J word, though. He said G.
0: Oh, dear. yeah, oh. yeah. Sorry, a few letters. Um, but there, there are literally—I won't read them all—but as it goes on, there's nine separate gestures uh, in the Christian liturgy uh, that they go through the full definition of. Wow, and it's it is wordy. But uh, the shortened and abbreviated version is the stylized motions of the body, yeah, especially the arms and hands, during worship. So, uh, during worship in particular, is mm-hmm. a gesture. Along with Not postures. While driving in traffic. Right, right, right. Along with postures, which is mm-hmm. separate, uh, these natural and instinctive motions express in a nonverbal, kinetic way the meaning of the action. Uh, and then I get that. Then it starts to go over the centuries yeah. and blah blah blah, and it starts to really delve down the rabbit hole. But that is the Episcopal definition of gesture: is that it is specifically uh, uh, relating to worship. It is uh, oftentimes the arms and hands, and it is a nonverbal but kinetic uh, way of uh, of expressing meaning.
1: The yeah. weird, the weird part of that was instinctive.
0: Yes. Yeah, you're naturally instinctive, and I, I'm thinking as you go through the different ones, some of them you will recognize okay. within regular services of like offering uh, as you offer up uh, babies. Uh, no, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. yeah. but uh, uh, the the, the <laughs> sacraments uh, uh, to be blessed yeah. and, and 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 you invite uh, peace to yeah. you know upon you. Okay, mind. so so Welcoming some of them gestures. Yeah, yeah some of them we I, still use.
2: I would say that you know. There are some very important gestures in the church and in the liturgy that have to do with entire bodies, kneeling, mm. mm-hmm. um, there's, the, the bowels. There's a prostrate
0: uh, gesture, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's there a whole are, bunch of them. Uh, like I said, I won't go into all of them yeah. because it's... Paragraphs of stuff. Yeah.
1: we'll have to do that on our own
0: time. That's right. Yeah, the, the, uh, a, a side study for you. But I, uh,
2: I already wrote a paper on that. <laughs>
0: uh, so let's move into the readings. Uh, and uh, Kathy, you wanted us uh, that we will this week be choosing the Jeremiah reading uh, because of how much you hated the Genesis reading. Oh wait, no, that's not no, You like the Jeremiah reading, so let's uh, let's do uh, Jeremiah. Uh, Chapter 31, verses 27 through 34. Uh, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of humans and the seed of animals. And just as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down, to overthrow, destroy and bring evil, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. In those days, they shall no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes, And the children's teeth are set on edge. But all shall die for their own sins. The teeth of everyone who who eats sour grapes shall be set on edge. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those day, days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. I For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Um. So, uh, 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 what uh, we'll we'll delve into what's written here later. You have some weird uh, side story about Jeremiah that I want to get to uh, with uh, 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 specific uh, clothing that he uh, wore in accordance with a prophecy or something uh, that I have never heard this before in my life.
2: I I will begin by saying I know these weird things about Jeremiah because... I had a crush on him when I was in high school. He was um, sort of like the perfect 1960s prophet, just a little bit weird and um, stuff. I don't know.
0: He John, was, John the Baptist wasn't doing it for you? Oh, no, no,
2: no. No, no. My, no, my thing was um, Jeremiah and Henry David Thoreau. I thought they both should still be alive. But, okay, the garment happens mm-hmm. to be linen underwear. And... Um, if you don't so, so believe this, me, this follows
0: along with the infatuation line. <laughs> no, no it
2: does not. but you can actually um, read about Jeremiah's um, underwear story in Jeremiah thirteen, which is not what we're doing today because we're doing Jeremiah thirty-one. But that would and, make it a
0: little bit more, for, of a more formative story for those though, of for, us for, who are dyslexic, It story. actually is where it we're likely to start. The
2: same story. Anyway, it, it's a prophecy, and God told Jeremiah to go out and buy. A linen undergarment I don't know what that would be styled like but um, it was something available in the market I guess and um, to wear that underwear well I think he technically said to use it but what else are you gonna do with it Um, and then don't wash it but go and bury it by the river and then um, a long time later doesn't say how long it just says a long time later um, God told him to go to get back up. And um, Jeremiah does that and notes very clearly that it was ruined and no longer of any use. So that's the story. I, I did not make that up. It's really there. And um, comes along with some other prophecies that are it's called an enacted parable actually. Okay. A way of saying something God wants us to understand through actions rather than words and um, Fortunately, he was able to set that to words or we'd never know um, But it was it was God's one of God's ways of saying you know This is kind of you folks right now. I mean these poor people are already you, stuck in they're stuck in exile They've been conquered by somebody um, <laughs> Do you know?
1: Babylonians?
2: Babylonians. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've been conquered and this taken time. captive <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, captive to the Babylonians. And um, um, God was just saying, you know, this is kind of who you are. You are all rotty underwear. You should not be surprised that you've been taken captive. And um, I think today, which comes much further down the line in Jeremiah's prophecy, um, God sort of apologizes for all that. Yeah, and, yeah. This does kind of and, seem like a so it's a very helpful passage. Reconciliation,
0: passage, actually, doesn't it? In, yeah, in yeah, this, yeah. This, so, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, rarely uh, do we get the chance to talk about prophets' underwear. So, I wanted to make sure that we set aside some time. It's
2: probably best that we don't. <laughs> well,
0: and
1: and just to be very clear about it, he did wear the underwear.
2: He did wear it. Yeah. But he did not wash it because God yeah. said not to.
0: I do like the uh, the, uh-huh. the the terminology enacted parable though isn't that neat uh which is which is kind of cool uh because it's rather than god telling him like oh the people of israel are like linen underwear used and buried and then dug up again
1: well and the other part that's in this story is the river he is sent to to bury it next to is about 400 miles away oh so it's like
2: a trek
1: it's a trek in one pair of underwear (laughs) Or one loin
0: cloth. So it was, prob- loin it loin.
2: was probably half rotted by the time we got
0: there. <laughs> that is interesting, and it w- the the one of the reasons, obviously, uh, the weirdness was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it. But uh, the other reason uh, was because it does kind of, in a way, inform a little bit of what we're uh, reading uh, here in Jeremiah, because this is now he's basically talking about okay, I'm making a new covenant with you. Yeah. Man. Yes. uh we are we are rectifying uh, uh, the the issues of old. Uh, we are, we're we're going to begin anew. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I wanted to ask, in verse 29, um, it has a quote, and I'm not, I, I was kind of curious as to where the quote comes from. In those days they shall no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. Where is, uh, where, um, what, do we know what that's,
2: where the well, reference is coming from? I don't know where, if it's... Ezekiel. Came from Ezekiel? <laughs> yes. Mr. Know It All. Um, I don't know. Much. That's why I
0: ask a lot of questions and he <laughs> yeah. gives answers. Well,
2: anyway. Okay. He could
0: be making
1: it up. I it mean, we also, really don't know. Actually, I'm reading a footnote in my Bible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, was, um, it was first written by Ezekiel. But um, I can tell you what it means. Okay. Um, and it actually kind of explains it later on in the text. But um, back in those days, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, for one thing, remember that they're in exile. they have been in exile long enough that there's now an entire new generation becoming grown up and right. understanding what's going on for them. And they're a little bit ticked off that they're captive because their parents and grandparents really messed up their relationship with God. And so mm-hmm. these people, maybe some of them were born in captivity, some of them maybe were carried into captivity as children, but... Um, they were very aware that this this punishment had nothing to do with their own behavior, right? But that was a really common understanding of life back back in Jeremiah's time and before. Well, and we've read um, it
0: from Old Testament passages, of course, many I'm, times, like the sins of their fathers mm-hmm. will, and will pass be, on to your children and yeah. your children's children well, and your children's life. children's children. And in fact, in Ezekiel. In the of Ezekiel
2: Ezekiel does that. But all, I mean, it, it begins in Genesis. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. um, Adam and Eve, yeah. ate that stinking piece of fruit, right? And now we're all stuck for it. And so these these people were experiencing that. And um, the, so the the sour grapes is kind of a metaphor, you know. And that you know somebody else used that. What's his name? Um, Aesop. Oh a yeah. Story about sour grapes, but didn't have children in it. Oh. But anyway. If the parents have done something, the children are going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want my mouth puckering up because some predecessor of mine ate sour grapes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can also say, you know, that I'm not, I wouldn't be happy knowing that my own children would be eventually paying for all the stuff I messed up in life. Um, yeah. It's not a happy thing, but but that was how they understood it. and. So God is coming along here saying, okay, look, from now on, when I get you out of here, we're going to do this all over, and you only get your teeth set on edge if you're the one actually eating the grapes. Mm-hmm. You'll only be in trouble if you're the one who has broken the rules, broken the covenant, whatever it is. So, um, Yeah. So yeah. it'll no
0: longer be genera- generationally passed down. Is right, And so.
1: This this is like, but
2: does
1: is that true? Like, does that end up playing (laughs) out? Like, well, it. One of the things that's significant is that this is one of the first moments in Western civilization where individualism starts mm -hmm. to be expressed, Mm. as opposed to communal um, ethics and a sense of communal sin. Okay. So this this is a very radical new way of seeing one's relationship with God, with the community, with the earth itself. That it's an individualism that obviously evolves and continues to grow in Western civilization in the centuries since.
2: Mm. Um, Yeah. For better or for worse. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that, you know, this sounds so great I no longer have to do this, but um, my teeth will not be set on edge because of my parents. On the other hand, what these people probably didn't grasp right away, but I, I think it's really crucial is that, you know, you can no longer say, well, my daddy ate sour grapes and therefore my life stinks, or, you mm-hmm. know, grandpa was a horse thief and therefore I'm considered awful. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually have to suddenly take responsibility for your own behavior. Right. Um,
1: and you can't rest mm-hmm. on the laurels of your ancestors either.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's you, and and yeah. I, I don't think... Jeremiah, of all people, intended this to lead to, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps or something. Right. The, the great American frontier spirit. That's not what he's saying, but ultimately, I guess, it, you know, it did lead to that's,
0: that. Yeah, that's it the heard. products it of came it. came there.
2: Sure, sure,
0: sure, there. Um. So uh, one thing I wanted to, to, to point out is uh, uh, God almost even kind of takes uh, responsibility for... Uh, what has happened to them mm-hmm. in, in the beginning part of it. it, it mm-hmm. And just as I have watched over them to pluck up and break down to overthrow, destroy, and bring evil, so I'll watch over them to build and to plant, says the Lord. So it's kind of like a uh, uh, an, 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 an admittance that uh, this was all part of the plan and on purpose, and I've watched over in order to... Because it, it doesn't say I've watched over... Oh, I've watched this happen to them, it's like i watched over them in order to pluck them up and break them down and to overthrow and destroy, um, which is kind of interesting. But uh, but I think I guess the other thing I want to ask about is in this style of writing that Jeremiah does, um, is there anything to be said about um, – where, where is – a lot of these phrases say it says the Lord. Um, is this – Quoting existing text—is this an implication of a prophecy that Jeremiah is conveying? He has the Lord has said this to me, and so therefore I am telling you. Uh, like, how how does that how is that actually uh, working? Is it more prophetic in nature from something past or something that has happened to Jeremiah directly?
2: Oh, well, obviously, sometimes Jeremiah quotes Ezekiel, but um, I mean, the, the implication really is that. the prophet is someone who listens mm-hmm. for God's voice, which we're all capable of doing. Most of us don't bother because we're busy um, or we just don't know how to listen to that wherever God is speaking, you know, from inside our head, from inside our heart, from inside the deeply buried part of us where God can exist. But um, yeah, being a, being a prophet was very much a social role. You know, it mm-hmm. seems like they were all kind of loners, in some ways, you know, nobody is said to have walked with Jeremiah to bury his underwear. Um, but but still the message that they carry, that they receive, that they act out, that they write down, whatever it is, it's a very socially based message. Mm. God In the Old Testament, God does not speak to people for that person's own edification. Sure. God speaks to people in order to build up the community. And,
1: um and he, that's I a, think I think it carries over in the New Testament as well
2: well yeah I mean yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. wasn't just out blubbering away to make himself feel good yeah he wanted to change the world
0: sure Set with purpose for sure um that's that is, that is very interesting though the uh the 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 New Covenant creating a holy mentality that's kind of a yeah, that's yeah. Really interesting
2: um I, I want to just add in here something that you know there, there's a carryover of, even though Jeremiah said, this is now we're going to do it anymore, um, there's still this carryover, and it appears elsewhere in the Bible, going and going and going, including clear into Paul's letters. But there was this really strong sense that some people still carry that everything that happens in the world is something controlled by God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any way to say that. Based on what the Bible actually says and what you know the prophets were saying what Jesus said all that God is involved in history Mm -hmm. and probably God has something to do with the big turning points in history like captivities maybe Um, God does not control who sneezes when right or even who dies on the street from gun violence or any of that stuff God does not control that that's just what we do God is not a micromanager, and I think yeah. we make a big mistake in, in trying to say, oh, well, that happened for God's purpose in making you grow stronger. And it's like, well, no, thank you. That That's not the <laughs> right. God I want. I do not want a God who has my child shot on the street in order for me to learn something. Right. Please just, Please just tell me. Right.
0: Well, yeah. oh, um, shoot. Even uh, your 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 point is well taken because we even take we, we even take like a, a, a it wrong um, with the way that uh, a lot of the miracles that Jesus performs are done. Uh, you'll even see like the header, like "Oh, Jesus heals the blah blah blah," yeah. or, or or you know cures this. And in every one of those stories, it's always your faith has made you clean, or mm-hmm. your you, you know, it, it's it's he's not saying like, yeah, I have. Healed you. Mm-hmm. It's it's always an active part on the participant, right? Uh, something that they have done or something of within themselves. An
1: openness they had, a right. Seeking they did. Yeah, uh,
0: but uh, right. we still get that wrong, uh, even as we title some of those subsections yeah. Yeah. of the Gospels. Yeah, of like yeah. A, you know, oh Jesus, you know, cures the lame. It's all or, yeah. about what nope. Jesus did. No, it did. It, yeah. it. Go, your faith it's is relational. Made you clean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, very interesting. Well, let's move over to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, 14 through uh, uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 5. Wait a minute, five. wait a
2: minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to cover one more point because I think this is really critical. Is
0: it underwear related? No. Okay, then go it ahead. Is,
2: it is heart related. Ooh, okay. Um, down down. There, um, in the section with uh, around verse 33. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is verse 33. <gasps> I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. And then later it says, no one needs to say know the Lord, because they'll already all know me. Mm -hmm. And um, that hasn't panned out quite so well, I guess. But um, the idea that the law was written on their hearts, I mean, these people couldn't find God because they were in captivity. And the tradition was that in order to find God, to worship God, you had to be in the temple, you had to be, you know, in the somewhere territory. near that altar, you had to be where God was. Lived yeah, because, you
0: had to go find you know, him outside Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Out, God out was there.
2: someplace, and now they're held captive. They can't find where God is. And so Jeremiah is reassuring them that, hey, wherever you find yourself, God is written in your heart. And that's a huge change for these people. Yeah. Probably hard to believe. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, it, well it, we
2: still find it hard.
0: It, it even, in a way, informs what we just talked about of of mm-hmm. uh, not Jesus curing necessarily curing people, but uh, the, something within them being cured yeah. because God was right. already there,
1: already written on uh, their heart.
0: So it's, uh, it's it's that it's that internal uh, um, um, occurrence or yeah. that internal power that that comes forth or comes out or is being spoken about. So that's very interesting.
1: Another part of the. Um, <clears throat> making more room for the individual in spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to just the communal.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy.
2: Thank you. Sorry. No, no, no. I no, like That
0: it. was
1: very
2: important.
0: Uh, so it reads this way. Uh, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe... Uh, and. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living who is the judge of the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths, as for you, always be sof- sober. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Carry out your ministry fully. Um. Again, yeah, uh, 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 this this uh this feels like Paul, uh, right? Right. Which uh, which further further uh, um uh informs the the belief that maybe these are snippets of Paul's writings uh, as opposed Gather to together. as opposed to a ghost writer, uh like 1 Timothy um so but it seems this for whatever reason and maybe just cuz we just talked about it it does seem to kind of carry on that internal
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: uh written on your heart message uh mm-hmm. uh in my mind as i read it um anything that stands out to you though that you would like to 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 point out because this is a lot of this writing is you know it's it's in a way it's kind of face value but it's like it's just it's it's an uplifting message it's an inclusive message uh uh uh, take heart and and Mm -hmm. and proclaim you know what you know to be true and and carry out the message
1: well one one thing i would point out that at least when i first thought about kind of Mainly stop and, and ponder is in verse 16, when it says all scriptures inspired by God, dot, dot, dot mm-hmm. that at this point there was no Christian scripture. There was only the Jewish scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I'll certainly concede. It's not a stretch to say, well, you can apply this to all the Bible now, but it's very important to realize that the audience as well as the author would have only been thinking of what we now call the Old Testament right and I, yeah that just wanted me to go oh yeah they're not even, he's not even talking about Jesus here right and um, yeah the Jesus is mentioned in fifteen verse fifteen but there's this um, interesting almost contrast between The Hebrew scripture, what we would now call the Hebrew scriptures, and faith in Christ Jesus, not in a, and not in a, you have one or the other, but rather that you you got to have both.
0: Right.
1: And Mm -hmm. again, well, never mind.
0: I'm about to go down a rabbit hole.
2: (laughs) I love bunnies. Um.
0: (laughs) Well, go ahead.
2: ahead.
0: Uh, What what's interesting to me though is is it does kind of create a visualization of uh, scripture, whether you apply it to Old Testament and and or New Testament. Uh, but uh, scripture being inspired by God is a is is a tool uh, to kind of hone and sharpen yourself. Right. Um, it's not necessarily, uh, or at least this and this is my interpretation of it. Obviously, um, it is not necessarily what some. People uh, view it as the tool of which you use on others. Right. <laughs> this very is important. this is an internal process that you are to, and, which is very much in in in, the, in the Jewish traditions of yeah. this to hone yourself to right. mm-hmm. to question uh, to ponder to you know to to further your relationship with God. And, and uh, 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 interpret you know, with the times, right? Cast doubt right. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and and develop theories and explore all, all of that. It's not the weapon of which you shall use to right. convert and to conquer. Right. It's a uh, it's it's very it's a very different uh, uh, style and and approach than than what some some of us Christians use today. Well,
1: well, okay. And and what the author here would have been very aware of were the um, conflicts and contrasts and contradictions within, again, what we call now the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. Uh-huh. And so it's actually a... don't be literalistic about uh-huh. Scripture, even though many people who are literalistic about the Bible use this as one of their proof texts that, yes, the Bible has to be taken literally. No, uh-huh. if... if since here it says it's all good, that actually means you have to learn to live with the contradictions. Let those be part of your enlightenment and your deepening, mm. rather than trying to explain them away or choose your favorite prejudice to be reinforced.
0: Right. right.
2: Yeah. And um, <clears throat> you know, with that that list of all the things that scripture is good for. No. Well, I want to back up one second. That. Um, the whole idea that scripture is inspired by God. I'm gesturing and nobody can see that. Right. <laughs> um, gesturing. Um, but inspired is not the same thing as God took a pencil and wrote this all down for us. And yeah. that's still a thing that hangs over yeah. Christianity. Oh, that we're sure. dumb enough to take it all as God wrote it with his own pencil. Right. Um
0: because is God really going to take the time to talk about Jeremiah's linens? I
2: mean, come on. If it were
0: left to him, would that be...
2: It was God's in idea my in my mind, God place, uh, so. frowns
0: on that part and goes, that was between you and me, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. No, because prophets kidding, never got private messages. But um, <laughs> I want to pick up on, on the word rebuke. And this mm. is very uh-huh. very much tags on to what mm-hmm. Bruce was saying. Um we like that word. Well, <laughs> I don't personally like that word. I don't want to be rebuked. Mm-hmm. But what you, Ben, were saying about this being for our internal honing, the, the fixing of ourselves,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, a lot of Christians, and this is why Christianity isn't popular in all circles, but no, people want to rebuke all those people outside of themselves mm-hmm. who are doing this all so badly. You know, And it it isn't taken as something about yourself. And, you know, that if you're able to take that and apply it to yourself and hone your own internal life and, you know, drag out all the garbage that gets us too far from God and instead become closer to God, then the way we live <clears throat> is what changes other people. Not all the finger-shaking and you know, quoting and Bible thumping, et cetera, um, that's not what works. Right. What works is, is a life that's been
1: put together. Yeah. And as verse 17 ends, um, that the purpose of scripture is so that we're equipped for every good work. Right. It's not Mm -hmm. to equip to be jerks and, um, racists and homophobic and everything else.
0: Well, and from, from Paul's perspective, uh, I think, um, the more you learn about him as an author, the more you realize. Even even in that verse talking about you know go convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience and teaching. If you're if you are uh, proclaiming the message, and tr- convincing, rebuking, and encouraging, probably the only thing Paul that would w- would say uh, is what you're able to do, what you're supposed to convince people a- of is what you know Christ's existence and what he has done for, for you not so much uh, any right. of the other aspects it's just it, it's uh, yeah he was never
1: know, into Orthodox theology no
0: it's it's all very much like convince people that this did happen and and Christ has died for your sins and you know the God world has changed him. now yeah. and and we're you we're know people of love we're people of love yeah. it's not so much like uh, and this doctrine uh, states this and yep. does right. this and you must be this way it's uh it's 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 a uh, quite the opposite that the the first shall be you know the first shall be last and the last shall be least concepts those are the things that uh, last shall be first but yeah yeah that's <laughs> <not right. laughs>
2: we just or or so outline. such
0: said in the correct order yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah that, you know that's that those those concepts those mm-hmm. those things Uh, Not to uh, uh, instill verbatim your beliefs into someone else, but encourage them to just like you have in in just a couple of uh, verses prior to that, uh, encourage them to be introspective and to consider for themselves and to do, you know, that's the part that you're to convince them of and, Mm -hmm. and to, and no, 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 don't, don't, you know, don't try to. Force you know your way your way onto someone else and don't and don't think that Christ hasn't done this for you, but right think of it in this new way yeah. and, and and discover for yourself mm-hmm. right. cool all right Luke Luke eighteen verse one through eight. then Jesus told them a parable I love parables about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Um, so this is kind of one of those... Uh, um, uh, consider consider the lilies, uh, uh, kind of a kind of a parable of uh, of even a guy who doesn't care about you or the law is going to eventually grant you justice. Yeah. How much more yeah. will you know God who does care about you? Uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 listen to your uh, listen to your cries. At the very least, he's going to you know hear you out because he's tired of you whining.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a an alternative translation for the. Um, where it says, where the scripture says, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. The alternative is so that she will, may not finally come and slap me in the face.
0: <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> Those interpretations right have wild differences. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: and I, you know, you have to, I didn't bring my Greek
0: work with me, <laughs> but. Yeah, what I is mean, the, the Greek word
2: I, for I, I, female I, slaps
0: judge in the face? There's probably I mean, there is one.
2: Um, maybe she slapped him and said "pafimeta," which means "shut up."
0: But um, I, I, I don't think that she would have done that because she wants a ruling from him. So. That's true, true. So, but um, he's
2: afraid that she's going to, you know, yeah, and that would be a huge insult. Sure, a sure, sure, huge, huge insult. Yeah. And no judge wants to be insulted. Right, as we all well know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I think it's a pretty funny parable in some ways, and
0: yeah, I I do. I don't
2: I don't want to think of God being like this. You, know?
0: you don't want to think of God being funny.
2: Oh, God is very funny. Okay, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, he
0: made I, me, so I think he's hilarious.
2: Oh, uh, the <laughs> hippopotamus. <Yeah. laughs> I, um, even the word is funny. I I don't think God actually and. I don't think God actually um, gives us what we want um, because we make a pest of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't think that's what Jesus is trying to say, but very often the parables of Jesus, you know, very tongue in cheek. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like, okay, what do you think guys? Here's this bizarre story. I'm slapping it down on the table and you have to figure out what to do with it. And, um, I think it's marvelous that this was paired up with the Jeremiah thing Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't think the other old, um, the other Hebrew scripture made any sense with Luke, but um, this one does um, because honestly and truly God granted what justice God could grant clear back with Jeremiah Mm -hmm. or Ezekiel, Mm -hmm. um, you know, way back then, hundreds of years before, and God's version of justice is you all have what you need
1: mm-hmm.
2: to live the life you're supposed to lead, which is a life where we follow God's law. And, and that law, I think, is love. Jesus said that, you know, the greatest commandment
0: mm-hmm. is that
2: you love one another. And if we were all just paying attention to that, we probably wouldn't even need judges. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but, um, that's the justice God granted us. And, um, again, since, since I don't see God as a micromanager, um, God doesn't have the last word on a whole lot of things that we Mm -hmm. wish God would have the last word on. Um, too often, you know, judges take the side of Whoever has the best lawyer, which means whoever has the most money. Or judges take the side of whatever their own personal prejudices and biases are. And um, God can't get a word in edgewise in some courtrooms. (laughs) That's just the way it is. But Mm -hmm. um, I I think it's, you know, if even a rotty judge will sometimes do the right thing, we're not supposed to assume that sometimes God might do the right thing because God always does the right thing. Um, we just may not get to know about it in our lifetime right. because it got buried. Or you might not like the answer. <laughs> or you might not like the answer. Um, yeah. Well. No. In in a in a court case, somebody is always going to lose the lose on the judgment.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's no way around it. Um, For sure. Yeah.
1: I one time heard an attorney say that in a civil case, if both parties are unhappy with a judgment, that probably showed it was fair and equitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah. absolutely. And, And I actually believe that once you've taken someone to court over something that, if you were paying attention to the law of God written in your heart, would never have needed to go to court. Everybody loses, except the lawyers who get the profit. <laughs> um, but, you know, it breaks The, the lawyer joke would
0: be, like they lost a long time ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they still have more money than I do. They, um, I never took maybe. I've to
0: met those. a few I never took I have to. anybody
2: to court. Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't, because... I, shout out I to all my lawyer think, friends <laughs> <laughs> I think lawyers are very good for certain things and yeah. the fact is that they're always going to be needed but I yeah. think life goes better if we can you know work things out other ways
0: um, yeah as, as Jesus recommends elsewhere and you're right I think yes. I, I think uh, especially Luke uh, um, has hit on this theme just a couple of weeks ago in, in, in a previous couple of chapters I mean it's a very similar argument as to uh, the the rich man and Lazarus yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the response is like, no, I don't need to send Lazarus to appear as a dead man walking to your family so that they might, you know, know and believe yeah. they already have all they need. They exactly. already have the prophets. They already have Elijah. What, they, what more, what more do you need in order to have faith?
2: They just need to pay more attention right? to Jeremiah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah and Not and, and... his
2: underwear, but his <laughs> other stuff.
0: Yeah. The, the
1: Lazarus story is about. Oh, 25 verses before, right? Yeah, so right. it is very right similar. similar. Part of the same series of teachings, the mm-hmm. same walking along towards Jerusalem with the disciples right. conversation. Uh,
0: I also do. You had pointed out uh, tongue-in-cheek, kind of uh, uh, speaking by Jesus. Uh, the uh, very obviously tongue-in-cheek. He ends the chapter or verse eight, uh, and yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Is this, is this also one of those instances where they're like, oh yeah, when the Son of Man, like, are the, the disciples sitting there going, like, yeah, the, the Son of Man, when he does come, like, like are they realizing? Does anybody no realize <laughs> that he's talking?
2: Yeah, I, I think, I'm right here. Yeah. yeah. They were probably not- Faith?
0: Faith? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Oh, that's yeah, Samaritan.
2: <laughs> There's a yeah, Samaritan. Yeah,
0: we need yeah. a Samaritan. Wait, is there a Samaritan in the house? <laughs> Thank you. Can, Can I find have someone with the faith, please? Yeah, yeah. appreciate and, it.
2: Yeah, I mean, That phrase, the what do I I have
0: to do to get some faith around (laughs) here?
2: That that phrase of the Son of Man, nobody really knows how to explain that, so I'm not going to try. Um, But it's you know we assume it means Jesus, but why on you know it has a longer history than Jesus. It's a phrase taken from like bazillion years before. Um,
0: Very technically, yes, and yeah. Very well, good. there
2: probably haven't been a bazillion years on earth, but, um, yeah, it's one of those weird phrases that clearly didn't originally refer to Jesus because he wasn't around and nobody was really anticipating this particular of Man yeah.
0: title. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that was a title though.
0: Mm-hmm. But it was it a title for
1: a holy person.
2: A holy person.
1: Um was one definition. Yeah.
2: And, um, yeah, we're, we're still baffled. Uh-huh. By yeah, that, I think, and but,
1: maybe that's okay. Well, I, I think part of it is that it was used literally over centuries and centuries and centuries, and so the meanings, the meaning of the phrase, changed, and sure. then changed back, and then uh-huh. changed in a new way. And so, it, even though it's the same exact words, it actually probably has um, at least four or five, if not more, particular meanings. Hmm. And it's something Jesus did claim for himself uh, in many of his self-descriptions or um, subtle self-descriptions.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. But what was he trying to say? I mean, because yeah, and, he and, also I, was, and he didn't claim this very much, but, you know, Jesus, we think of Jesus as the son of God. Right. And the son of Mary, who, sorry, was not a man. Um,
1: yeah. So not son of man. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Son of human. I mean, yeah, there's that word. That you know we in, we interpret everything that looks generic as male. So um, because men are very generic, I guess. I
0: <laughs> Everyone I've met is uh,
2: generic. It's a man. What'd you think? Um, yeah, and
0: totally, same old, same old.
2: totally off topic there, but um, yeah. You, you, however many and shout out to
0: all true. my men friends. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> you're not really all generic. Sorry, forget I said that. But
0: um, yeah, it, it's a, it, you know, it's well, a very interesting.
2: Since there's a long history of it meaning various things, which meaning was Jesus trying to pick yeah, up on, right? or was he inventing a whole new one? Yeah,
0: right. it reminds, also did repeat. It that. reminds me of the joke: if uh, if uh, uh, aliens uh, land here on Earth, will they find intelligent life? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, would would they recognize it? Would <laughs> they
2: recognize it if they found it?
0: Right. So uh but yeah, that's uh it that that's an interesting parable. But I do I do like the uh I, I very much do like uh the uh, tongue-in-cheek aspect of uh, yeah. a lot of his parables. So that's uh, it's kinda kinda fun. Yeah,
1: especially in Luke. If you you yeah, you really could do it as a stand-up comedy routine with the right inflection.
0: I kinda yeah, in my yeah. mind's eye, Jesus sits there and finishes his parable and like coyly looks around like anybody get it? You're Right.
2: <laughs>
0: right. Talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The gospel of comedy. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. So, uh, since we have covered a wide swath of topics here, uh, uh, I encourage our listeners then to uh, come to our service next Sunday, uh, 8 and 10, and see what uh, Kathy does with uh, all of this. Will she mention linens? Will she not? (laughs) No. I'm going to start placing over and under bets on the church website. (laughs) And we'll see... How many times Jeremiah's <laughs> linens uh, come up, and uh, and I'm now curious to know, like, did you have, like, a poster in your room of <laughs> Jeremiah? <Like laughs> no, a,
2: only a poster. Jeremiah
0: of band poster. <laughs> poster.
2: Was there a band name yeah.
0: in this,
2: or? I think there was at some point. I don't know. There was a song about... Jeremiah being a frog, but yeah, I don't team, see him as a team frog. Team beat, you know? and, and team
0: beat poster that you got. Uh, no, team I just, Bible I beat. just um, <laughs> team prophecy. I just
2: had I had the poster in my head, and that was all. There I you needed.
0: go. That's all you need. That's all you need of Jeremiah is is, is the the mental image of the, the the wild prophet, which is all we have left of him. Yeah, sadly.
2: No, we have all these so, words. Well, that's yeah. what I meant.
0: The images. Yeah, the real yeah. images. The real. Okay. Yes,
2: and we know that he owned at least one pair of underwear,
0: Kathy, he's for a while. Too old for you. He's way too old today.
2: Anyways. You, you don't know how old I am. <laughs>
0: uh, this was your podcast for October 20th, uh, 2019. Like I said, ben, uh, feel free to join us at 8 and 10 uh, next Sunday, and let's see what, uh, what she makes of it. But uh, uh, until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce.
2: And I'm Kathy with apologies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.